A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsok. 
I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is going to be a sort of different episode of Force Center, right, Ken? It's going to be, and we, uh, we're not opposed or strangers to pivoting topics when needed. Sometimes it's cool, late-breaking news. Sometimes uh, we just feel the, the tone and temperature of the Star Wars fandom needs to go one direction. Or, in this case, Joseph, maybe the tone and temperature feeling of the world at large needs a little bit of a change in our pre-selected programming. That is right. Uh, we want to be open to what's going on in the Star Wars community, and the Star Wars community is uh, a part of the world community, I would argue. Uh, yeah, we, we had this uh, great plan that we've got these uh, this poll on our Patreon. We want to talk, Ken, you had this great idea that we could go in-depth on specific scenes in Star Wars. Um and we put a poll up there and we got these uh, all sorts of votes. But what got voted, uh, what won the vote this time was talking about Ray's journey into the mirror cave on Octo. Wrote up some questions, uh, some notes, excited to talk about it. But it just feels like we have to address what's going on in the world. Yeah. So we're going to save that uh, for next week. We will go into the mirror cave uh, and, and um, we might metaphorically go into the mirror cave <laughs> uh, in this uh, discussion because that, that's a big part of it is obviously you and I have our life experiences. We have our, our opinions and perspectives formed by those, formed by listening to other people. But also I think it's fair to say that you and I, because we like Star Wars so much, because we like the philosophy of Star Wars and have taken to discussing the philosophy and the themes a ton on Force Center, that it's a little bit of how we perceive the world as well. That We use the, the ideas of Star Wars to process what is happening around us. That's also why, why it feels natural to have this kind of conversation. Yeah, it's not some kind of uh, silly little joke like, uh, I see everything in Star Wars. I, I think for you and I, what we've come to, how we've even grown uh, individually and as a team, including uh, obviously with Jennifer around um, during the last five years of broadcasting, it, a lot of it comes from Star Wars directly connecting to some, some of the themes and how we see things, uh, you know, particularly for some of the stuff that has changed when I go back and watch a scene now and have a different perspective and everything. Uh, it, it's powerful and it means a lot. And a lot of what's going on in uh, the world, we're going to get into some details of that, um, how I've processed it, how I've then tried to communicate with those close to me has directly come from my understanding of Star Wars and how I could lay Star Wars over the real world and go, Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm trying to explain to you, and here's how it kind of works. It it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally agreed. So uh, we're also then going to do some. We're going to talk a little bit about the world and in feelings and reactions. Uh, but then we're going to do news like normal, and we're going to do a few audience questions like normal. So we're going to have some uh, fun diving deep into Star Wars time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this this uh, came out of, you know, we always do our Star Wars and or life adventures at the top of the show. Yep, we remind you to, to check out Audible, all those things. You know where that's at and you can find it. We'll maybe say it at the end of the show. But uh, it, Joseph, you and I were discussing stuff off air and we just want to make sure we had the time to discuss Star Wars life adventures. The first thing I'll just say, I'll ask to, uh, of you, Joseph, and, and then of you, the audience. Hey, how you doing? Because sometimes I think that's an important <laughs> question, no matter what your association is to some of the, the problems going on in the world at large at any at any point in time, mind you. Um, sometimes it's just nice to feel like, hey, you got a shoulder if you need it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's great that you start that way. Cause I think we want to lead with empathy whenever humanly possible. And uh, I mean, for me, I am feeling so many things. I am feeling anger and uh, sadness and fear. And uh, I am having moments of joy when I see people um, really come together in particularly in my hometown of Minneapolis, uh, where a lot of this obviously started, you know, seeing not through any filter, but old friends, Facebook posts of their neighborhood in my old neighborhood and seeing how much people are, are coming together to try to help. So, uh, I feel so many different emotions and, and already I go to star Wars to that moment that I've picked up on more in attack the clones. When we looked at it more closely, when, uh, Anakin is going through some real hard times, uh, confessing about his reaction to his mother's death and, not making great choices and Padme says to him to be angry is to be human. And I think there is uh, this wisdom in star Wars that yeah, our, our, our heroes say fear, anger, aggression, those lead to the dark side, but they aren't by themselves, the dark side. They're what we choose to do with the emotions. And I feel like that's the wisdom of what Padme is saying is it's okay to be sad and angry and the question is, you know, what do we, what do we do with those emotions? So I, just from the start, starting point, from your first question, that's a little bit where I try to be is my emotions are real. My actions are what I need to really consider because I, I can't take them back. Yeah. And, and, and knowing maybe when, if, if for me, I'll just, I'll attach it to personal, personal stuff. Like I, I really, really by the end of the weekend or by, by the weekend had to disconnect myself from, uh, social media because it was clouding my judgment and potential actions to what you're saying. Meaning I'm going through a lot of different things. Uh, and my first thing is to listen, right. And, and, and I am a, you know, white, straight, middle-aged male. I, I come from that perspective and I'm aware of it. And so I'm just like, let me try to listen. Let me try to experience and some things coming in. And then I get angry and I get, I get sad at some things I'm seeing. I get angry. I get joy. And then I, I found, I found myself realizing I was going to a place I didn't need to go to and shouldn't <laughs> go to. And was like, cause Cause all oh, there's a bunch of just a, just a big tostada salad of emotion. And I had to pull, pull back just a little bit. And I'm glad you said that and highlight that moment from attack the clones, because I then have to allow myself to be like, all right, I'm feeling something. That's not the problem. <laughs> it's how, yeah. like how you said going forward. That's a great starting point for me. Excellent. That, that, that makes me uh, very happy to hear. Um, so you talked a little bit about your tostada of feelings. Um, any other uh, feelings that you want to, to express specifically? I I think feelings um, of of empathy, compassion, and support for uh, Alder, uh, George F Floyd and, and the family um, directly. I there's a lot of places to to donate. Uh, a lot of places to choose to put your support. I, for me right now, and, and then the donations continue to go maybe to other spots. I went directly to their GoFundMe because that to me would then um, go to his kids going forward. And that's something that meant something to me. Um, and that's where I went through. So a lot of I have a lot of sympathy and compassion for, for Floyd family right now uh, is where I started. Um, then along the way, there's just been a lot because of um, – my experiences and points of view and those around me and in my world 
And by the end of the week, I think I found some some clarity on how I how I want to go forward and and talking and using my voice to those who listen to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's been comforting is not the word, but like just okay, take a breath. Good. Like I I think I have a place I want to be in right now, if that makes sense. I think that's great. And and I think um, I, I do think it's important to distinguish how we talk about star Wars. Right. And just as mm-hmm. an example, yeah. um, my wife and I go to the Hollywood bowl every summer. Uh, obviously we can't this summer because there's still a pandemic. Oh yeah. Oh, by the um, way. Oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, there's a specific part by certain escalators that there's a little walkway between escalators and it's right by some great big old trees, some oak trees and some pine trees. And every time I walk by it, I'm like, Ooh, it's like return of the Jedi. And mm-hmm. Sarah's always like, I think I know what you're talking about. And then we watched return of the Jedi this weekend and it's, it looks like uh, where uh, Vader, where Luke uh, surrenders to Vader, where yeah. the, the Imperials bring uh, Luke to Vader and they have the conversation about his lightsaber. Like to me, that's an example of a physical space reminds me of Star Wars. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's like one lay, way that we can relate to Star Wars. And I think sometimes you and I can even like to poke fun at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and then there's a talking about Star Wars where it is about the meaning. And I think it mm-hmm. is important to me to differentiate those because I don't want to get into uh, here some awful things uh are happening in the real world and, and that reminds me of the way han you know <laughs> swaggered or what yes. you know uh or the, the Corellian blood play i i don't want to um mm-hmm. be at that surface level but what you just said is to me one of the the deepest things of star wars another line that i've been really focusing on lately is yoda in empire strikes back saying to luke you'll know the difference between the dark side and the light when you are calm at peace, passive. And mm-hmm. what I think he means by that is not passive as in don't act, but is but to just take deep breaths, kind of maybe even remove yourself or um, white hot emotion mm-hmm. and then act. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you just described. You got yourself to a place where you were at peace, you were passive because you weren't engaging on social media, and then you decided here's how I can help. Here's how I want to direct my energy. hundred percent. Um, I wish I, in the moment thought Yoda was talking to me. Uh, that would have been nice, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that really makes sense. Really makes sense to me. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and let's be honest, this is going to be, we're going to have some uhs and ums and blank spots in this conversation. As Joseph and I talk about this, honestly, but, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I I think there's. I always say, let the angry be angry because that's the starting point, right? That's the starting point of communication. And don't take take that away. Uh, I, I always hey, it's important to listen. But and I, I talked about this on, on on my own show this weekend. Of I think far too much listening um, is just you waiting for your turn to speak, and then what ends up and do is you start putting your but, but, buts and your agendas and your experiences, which are, which by the way, might be valid. Okay. You know, great. But then you start putting them in front of other as obstacles in front of other people's anger, which is just maybe their first step on, on their own journey. And that's not fair, right? That's not just not right, but it's not fair. So that's, that's the path I, I, I took this weekend unknowingly, uh, going into the cave, I guess. Um, and it, yeah, and it just, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a powerful reminder of the danger 
of, of your next step being the wrong choice if you, if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think there is a, a place for anger and, and yeah. that's one of the great things that, that we're debating uh, right now about everything that's happening. And I, I think mm-hmm. we could talk more about that. Um, one thing that I, I maybe want to talk about, uh, and then I, I want to dive into your experience cause I think it's unique and it helps me understand where you're coming from. Um, I think on the, the podcast, uh, we generally try to stay away from diving into real world politics. Um, Mm-hmm. because I think there is, to me, there is a value to um, taking a break from politics to, to say, Hey, I want to, there, there's a lot of uh, conflict inherent in politics. Right. Mm-hmm. So I understand that people want to have a place where they can go and, and we're going to talk about a uh, VAT weirdo, or we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, our favorite lightsaber and want it to be a place free of that real world conflict. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect that and I engage with that. Um, and we know that we have listeners, uh, we have a great diversity of listeners in, in every kind of diversity and, and we welcome and want more. Um, and I, I know that I think we have some listeners who maybe don't agree with me politically. Um, and, and I want to have empathy. I want to listen, but I also need to be true to myself and true to my beliefs. Cause that's one of the things that I feel I've, I've learned from star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think, one of the things that I'm very affected by in all of this and, and trying to discuss it on our star Wars podcast with, with empathy and kindness and patience, I, I feel like it's fair for me to say that my point of view is everything is political. Uh, that's why I see politics in star Wars partially because their interviews where George Lucas explicitly says it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but also because it, I can't look at the fact that uh, Padme is trying to stop an army from being built. And when the clones come out at the end of Attack the Clones, our hero figure, Bale, is disappointed because it's a loss. Because it means that the the opportunity to talk with one another, this Padme is advocating for, again and again, has been manipulated away from her by, by the bad guys. Anyway, I, yeah. I, I don't need to go into the actual politics of Star Wars right now. But what I, what I want to say is I, I deeply respect, on one hand, the desire to have a space to take a break from it. But my perspective is that almost everything we do is political and that all what politics is, to me, is a system by which we decide in society who we want to be. And I think for better or worse, I don't know why I feel like in our culture, politics has been made to be this thing that you can kind of get into if you want, Mm -hmm. that it's this thing on the side. It's kind of, you can go to school for uh, visual art or sports medicine or politics. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, on the weekend, you can be into uh, Mortal Kombat or you can be into snowboarding or you can be into politics. But (laughs) yeah, you know, politics is not this other thing just for people who are interested in watching cable news it is the the policies that shape our existence it's about who has power it's about what is right and wrong and and in theory our government is supposed to be an expression in america of ourselves of what we believe to be right and wrong so while i i really invest uh, in in having respect for multiple different uh, uh, opinions and giving people a space to take a break from the day-to-day conflict of politics. I also believe that, that 
isn't entirely real because politics are are always alive. Um, it's what a lot of this discussion is about. Some of us have can take a break from politics more than others can because of the way our society is set up. And and uh, I'm trying to be listen and hear that and be even more aware of that. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, there, there's some of the stuff what I, I hear what you're trying to say is, you know, we have these bigger discussions. Uh, sorry, as my uh, uh, gardening crew uh, is doing some great work behind my window. As always, I've tried so hard, so hard um, there. Uh, uh, all right. Hold on. Hold on for center listeners. <laughs> All right, and we're back. That was a quick edit. It was a second of your life. It was ten minutes in mine. No, um, <laughs> yeah. Look, there's 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 buzzwords that sometimes uh, you, you can hear and you have a gut reaction to, and it takes you it takes you down the wrong path, and it's not a path of discussion and everything. And I think we here at at Four Center and you you specifically, Joseph, have done just this wonderful job of just having these discussions of, of things that are close to your heart and that don't sacrifice who you are, but going out of your way to um, not even extend an olive branch, but just to, I'm not going to poke at you. I'm just going to say what it is. You can react to that your own way, but I'm respecting your place at the table. I, I think that's maybe some of what's what you're trying to address here on, on a small surface level there, but also uh, from my own experience, this has nothing to do with Star Wars. Um, I, I, I technically am an independent registered voter, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine years ago who's um, it was a, a friend, friend of mine and, and from junior high even, and, and his wife um, at the time, she's got a different profession now, but at the time she was in charge of a lot of uh, Democratic campaigns in California and the research that goes and the polling and everything. And, and I had said something about that. I said, yeah, yeah, technically I'm independent. She goes, oh, honey, no, no, no. We got all the research down to what you buy. And that is an indication of what you really are, whether what you lean or not, whether you know it or not. So politics are in your groceries. <laughs> so <laughs> they're definitely in Star Wars and they're definitely there and they're de there to be discussed. Uh, and, uh, and I stand by that. And, and, and it's hard to. It's hard to go back uh, if you watch the original trilogy now and you're not seeing what you probably missed at eight. You're not at least seeing it, and I don't care if you have a big over-the-top reaction to it or you reject it or you're like, yes, I agree with it. If you're not at least seeing it, then you're still watching it like an eight-year-old, which is fine, I guess. Um, Star Wars is best loved by kids, I always say. It's best understood by adults, but um, it's there is what we're trying to say. I'll stop that now. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that because I don't want a finger wag. I'm a finger wagging, but uh, I don't know. I'm just supporting what you're saying as best I can. Yeah, no, and I think it is something that we say a lot on the podcast, and, and it's true of you and I. We love Star Wars at every level. We're happy to just nerd out about which ships are the coolest, and you know, if we had to be in quarantine with which bounty hunter, yeah. which would we pick? I love just doing the, the the this is Star Wars. It is a it is about aesthetics. It's about characters, and and just enjoying that stuff. Um, but I also, if we engage with it on a deeper level, that that's there too. And, and when you start engaging in on deeper levels, there are ideas that are very much supported by Star Wars. And you really, really can't turn away from the fact that it is about rebellion. It's about uh, 
making the choice of when to act and when not to act. It is begging and fighting for pacifism at every turn and still documenting those moments in these characters' lives in the galaxy far, far away where they can't turn away anymore because they are entirely oppressed. Mm -hmm. And to turn away is to just submit themselves to Mm. pain and control. Mm. And the fact that those stories are there, I think usually on force center, we, we try to be open about like, yeah, let's just talk about them and try to give the caveat of you can apply them to real world politics or not if you want to. And, and that for me is trying to have some empathy, trying to give people a space where um, they can have, they, we can talk about ideas thoughtfully, um, but maybe they can take a break from the, the conflict yeah. of real life politics. But then for something like this, that, that you, you and I are reflecting the real world, I get to a point where if I'm going to feel good about uh, the values I've learned from Star Wars, I can't not say something uh, because mm-hmm. Star Wars, I believe also teaches me that inaction is an action. It's a choice. Sometimes it's a great choice. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, Luke throwing his blade down is a great choice. Mm-hmm. Um, in other times, it's just Jin Erso saying, it doesn't bother me if I don't look up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the way the world is going right now where y- you can't, it is a choice to not say something. Yeah, we have yeah many avenues to to say to say things yeah if you can comment on uh you know your favorite uh burrito um or your favorite ewok yeah you have the means yeah yeah mm. um so do do you want to talk a little bit about uh your your perspective uh, from sure. your life experience and how that's directed you towards the way you're you're thinking about uh the yeah. world and and how to how yeah. to be a star wars person in it <laughs> be a Star Wars, yeah. Look, uh, it 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 can't be denied because we we mentioned it on the show a lot. I um, have a have a a lot of uh, life experiences that point me to the direction of saying often we say on the show I, I'm more of a pro law enforcement type of personnel a person, um, and that's not just because my uncle was in the LAPD. He was he was in LAPD active and reserved for fifty three years. He just finally retired last year, moved to Vegas. Um, it's not just that, and that his son, my cousin, is on the job. It's because for 17 years I worked in a public safety field, uh, a field that's very misunderstood what my job duties are. Um, but I, I managed at one point, I think the highest total was 19 active police officers worked under me uh, as an, in an off-duty capacity at a working substation there, which meant there was two to four officers in there all the time. Some, when I was just a regular supervisor, became really good friends of mine and I worked with them every day and I had sat there and had lunch with them every day. Um, uh, and, and, and I've also experienced a lot of these things. And so because of that, um, and I don't talk about it often here on force center, I'll make a joke about, it. I like the biker scouts cause I like, uh, you know, police motorcycles or something like that, you know, it comes up, but, but it, um, it, 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 it allows me to, to have a, I guess, not a, a connection to some who are in that line of work uh, now, who write me, sometimes literally from from uh, you know on a on a on a down moment in their patrol car, will write me on Facebook and say, "Ah oh, man, just hey, 
Thanks for your content. Love Star Wars, this and that. And so that automatically puts me in a spot when some of these things um, erupt, and they, they have, and, and unfortunately, I fear they, 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 they will again unless, um, you know, things are, are changed. Um, it, puts me, it puts me in a spot, uh, immediately some guards are up, right? Um, yeah. Immediately it's, it's like, well, all right. And, and look, I, I can't, just like you said, you can't, you got to stay true to yourself. I can't back away from the fact I, I have, I have rolled around on the ground fighting for control of a suspect before they get control of me. Like I, I have experienced that 50 times in my life. And so I'm going to see some things that maybe, uh, other people aren't seeing in many incidents. I'm not really directly just referring to, to the, the Floyd incident, uh, the murder on Monday. I, I'm talking about just any other thing that pops up. I see it all the time. So, but my job's to listen, right? My job's to listen, and I try to do it with, without prejudice, without agenda, without waiting for my turn to talk. Um, um, but that can sometimes be tough, but, but, but I know I have to. But I was in a real supportive place all through the week. And for what it's worth, every one of my police officer friends and family on, on their posts on Facebook or the conversations I were having were in, were, were in full support of the idea that that, that was incorrect, wrong, and criminal. Uh, uh, in Minnesota on, the, on that last Monday night uh, for what, for whatever that's worth. Um, but by Friday, a lot of that was lost and um, not uh, the, the, the protests, which go different directions. And by the way, I, I separate rioters from <clears throat> and looters from protesters and maybe a different conversation another time. I think some people choose not to separate those <clears throat> when discussing it. Um, but that's when I was engaged or <clears throat> on social media I'm not really engaging with it, but I'm just on it. And that's when anger started to rise because it, it was putting me into a bad spot of uh, rightful, righteous anger being tweeted out. But by people close to me where I'm like, I, I, mm, I want to say some, mm, God, they mm, and, and the dark, the dark side started to step in. So I pulled back, but then this is what happened. Okay. And this is, this is, this ramble is, me coming to a spot of, you know, then let me use my experiences. I speak the language. I speak the language. Um, meaning I can, I can talk to the, uh, those friends of, in the business of, of understanding what they're experiencing as best I can. I've ne I was never sworn, so I always put that out there. Um, but uh, Star Wars is what did it, Joseph. Star Wars, because I was pretty upset general not specifically you know just general just like and, and that's the other thing too yeah obi-wan kenobi he's like what's going on oh man it's like a, a, a thousand voices cried out and you know you know whenever you know, the alderaan mm -hmm. moment i think you feel that and when you're when you're plugged into the rage machine which is not bad so i don't think social media overall is a bad thing for the world because it's it's enlightened so many things right like i'll stand by that but also i think i personally need to know when i need to back away from it <laughs> um but for me, okay, okay, I was like, how do, how do I, how do I, what, what can I bring to this? Am I going to argue with my sketch comic friends that um, you don't fully understand? And what's the point of that? And by the way, I'd, I'd be wrong to put that out there right now. You know what I mean? Do I go down that path and, Arr! or do I, how do I address those that I know? Not that I'm approaching it from the other side and lighting a backfire to put up, but like, how do I get there? And it was and it was the fall of the Jedi, Joseph. It was the fall of the Jedi. And thinking about it and thinking about what it really means. 
And um, I wrote a long thing to my best buddy who is uh, a sergeant for a local uh, police agency, a smaller agency in L.A. County. And I, I wrote to him, maybe one day I'll read it. I actually really stand by it, but I, it's just between him and I right now, and he hasn't fully responded. He's been working. He's been on, on the lines. Um, and in retrospect, here, 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 and f- follow me here, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, Joseph. I'm no, sorry. no, I, I, I really um, want to uh, yeah. listen. The... It, especially with video footage right now, like like the footage of of, of uh, uh, police on a riot line pushing an old man down, upsets me. It upsets me. You know, you and I talked about that Luminari and Dooley uh, stuff from the r- 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 uh, Clone Wars stuff and and the the, the uh, Trace and Rafa storyline. That's real upset I have because I know, you know, you you make you're making it harder for those who want to do this right. But the problem is, I'm, I I I understand. I understand how it becomes us against them real fast because I've experienced that too. I've, and I, I confess that on one of my podcasts like uh, this weekend, uh, a specific incident that happened that started to turn my heart. It's so easy for those on that side of, of the badge to turn it into us against them. And how do I help make it us for them until it all just becomes us? Um and again, I went to the Jedi because the, a lot of these, believe it or not, believe it or not, you out there listening might not want to hear it. And this is not the week to try to me, for me to convince you. Um, a lot of them do get into this line of work because they don't see themselves as the stormtroopers, the oppressive wing of the, of the Empire. They see themselves as Jedi. And they really do. And some of them are Luke Skywalker fans. And you know what? They're, they, so they're not wrong from my point of view. But what, what I – and some of the conversations I had, and this one particular friend of mine, we have battled – we have yelled at each other over the last Jedi because in his mind, he's like, no, he's to pick up that lightsaber and, and be a hero. And I'm like, you have misinterpreted what the, that lightsaber means, you know? So it was the fall of the Jedi and how they weren't defeated. They were not defeated as we know, simply by Palpatine, by Vader, by the dark side, by the Sith. They weren't defeated. They were by those factors, they were defeated by themselves. They were defeated by themselves because George Lucas put out this idea in the prequels of these great protectors of peace and justice in the galaxy had become complacent. They had not seen their own mistakes. Those that felt them didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know what to say. So it all starts to happen when a great evil does arise that they all had long sought, thought since was, was, was defeated it's right between their noses, and then evil doesn't have to fight it head on. That evil just has to let them erode. And the Jedi lose power by, by, by losing their connection to the Force. It, it's, it's stated. And, and part of the reason they do that is because when, when faced with the galaxy getting complicated, and it's complicated. It's, it's not an easy thing, the Clone Wars, right? It's not easy. It's a, lo- a war launched in the galaxy, and they are affiliated with one of the sides. So they are faced with tremendous complicated and layered choices. And, and they decided to, to go to war. They became generals. And they lost the ability and they failed to de-escalate the war. Now there's individual things, and this is what I wrote to my friend. There's individual things along the way as Star Wars, <clears throat> Star Wars fans. You can point to and say, well, that, they did good. And the reason you can do this is because the Jedi are still inherently good during this war. 
They just have done something that has moved them away from who they are and they lose connection to their force, which is not, to the force, which is not, it's less about their abilities and their lightsaber skills. They lost perception, they lost intuition, and they quietly and, and, and very subtly lost the morality that had long illuminated their path. That's what George was trying to say. So in, in realizing that, and I sat there on, a sa on Saturday, and this, this flooded over me, and, and I'll give some uh, – what's her? Kristen Baver from StarWars.com had yeah. tweeted something out that a lot of people retweeted about, hey, you know, the Jedi lost their way. And that, that and, and, and gave birth to the Empire, which gave birth to the, the Rebellion. That got me thinking about this more. So that's where I'm, where I'm trying to concentrate my energies and my perspective, and I have to disengage from some of the other conversations with apologies. I am there for everyone I support. I, I, I personally feel I have a pretty good track record when I've been in producerial positions and everything. I can go down that stupid resume list if you need it. But I'm just trying to concentrate right now on, on those who I feel could listen to me by reminding them that, yes, you might see yourself as the Jedi, but the Jedi were not defeated by the barbarians at the gate. They were defeated by themselves and that's when the Empire rose up and the Jedis let themselves be destroyed. And that's that's the battle. And and that came from from Star Wars. And, and I go to Luke Skywalker in a video game <laughs> telling Del Miko, an Imperial agent with a conflicted heart, there's a choice to which Del Miko responds. The rebellion? No, a choice to be better. And that's where my energies are after this weekend. I'm getting a little emotional, but also I had a bag of chips and I'm not denying any emotion. I'm also choking on the chips. Um, and that's where I am right now, Joseph. And that came uh, to me just in the last few days from Star Wars, from Star Wars, yeah. the silly little space fantasy and the silly yeah. little movies that everyone makes fun of that George was trying to put out there in 2002 and 1999 and 05. It's all, it's all there for me. And I hope, I hope it provides some clarity for me as I can talk to those that will listen to me. That's yeah. where I'm at. Uh, well, our, our new four center t-shirt, well said, well said, there's a, <laughs> just, uh, there's a ton of just, uh, great and wonderful things in, in what you said, um, to, to talk to the star Wars of it. Uh, you're talking about some of the themes that I, that I deeply love and why, why I love talking about the Jedi because mm -hmm. they are heroes, but they're heroes who let themselves go from peacekeepers to warriors. Uh, it's not a con uh, conflict, you know, that, that Yoda says in empire strikes back war, not makes one great. It's, it's a lesson, uh, that he learned through his failure. Um, and it's partially these real world things and how to handle them is partially why I, I am so focused on some of Yoda's wisdom in Empire Strikes Back in, in particular about the famous line of uh, using your power for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And I feel like that's what a lot of this can come down to, uh, particularly if you're the, if you're the people who have power and, and in your knowledge analogy, the, the police and, mm -hmm other organized forces uh, that, that are meant to represent us. Uh, they're meant to serve and protect us. They're meant to defend us. They're meant to only raise their blade when another blade is coming down. Mm. Um, and, and there I understand how difficult it must be partially from listening to people like you who truly have the experience and, and in a more theoretical way to look at, at, stories of, of Star Wars of that's why our Jedi keep going into hiding because it's such a difficult path to figure out when am I truly 
acting in defense? When am I truly just trying to keep other people safe? Um, and I, I think that is largely the story of the Jedi in the prequels. And it goes through to the sequels with Luke trying to decide when he is actually making things better for people. And I think that is just uh, extremely powerful to know the difference between uh, the lightsaber as a shield and the lightsaber as a, a baton, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and there's moments where, you know, there's moments where the, 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 the saber is going to come down, like you said. And, and, and that's, I, uh, that's part of where I can't, um, I can't worry. I can't address it to the, the outside uh, of the world. I can only address to the ones who know it. Like in your heart, you know, the difference and empathy is what leads you to that decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you yeah. said, and I've always appreciated, um, Anytime uh, I see a, uh, a a tweet from you, it's it's stated with strong emotion, conviction, uh, non-negotiable, uh, but it acknowledges other points of view, other walks of life, um, and it stays true to you. And I, I, I always respect you for that. Um, um, yeah, and, and so so to back up what you're saying there, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's tough because it's supposed yeah. to be tough. Yeah, and I really I, I appreciate that, and I will. You know, from my own perspective, I have not, uh, I'm not a part of a police family. I, I don't have that experience. And I, I really appreciate hearing your experience. Uh, I did grow up uh, in sometimes living in some rough neighborhoods. Uh, there's a lot of violence that I feel like I didn't understand at the time. And now I understand a little bit more of systemic reasons for that violence um, that happened. Many, many different people, many different groups were involved. Um but I, I was able to see for myself times where, yep, that that cop was an asshole or, yep, that 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 was a moment where that cop was a shield and that cop tried to deescalate. And I wouldn't be safe if that cop hadn't done that. And so for me, um, I, I do try to be mindful of it's an incredibly difficult job. And when I put out tweets with strong opinions, I honestly I often think of you, Ken, because mm-hmm you're the human face of it. And I know to me, uh, and I know, again, you are not technically sworn in, but you, you've had these experiences yeah, yeah. that I know you are not a bad person. Um, and when I see people being, I think rightfully angry, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I also try to stop and say, because I, I get to see the human side of it. Um, I really stop and say, is there any way imaginable where, there could be a, a reason for this. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, honestly, um, it, the, the murder of George Floyd happened on Monday and, and I saw about it uh, on Tuesday and I, I sat exactly where I'm, I'm sitting now and I thought about what I wanted to say and I watched that whole video mm-hmm. and I had it in my heart that this is a difficult job and I, I watched an officer keep their neck on a, on a human being who was unarmed and handcuffed while that human being begged for his life. And I could not with the most empathy and imagination available to me, imagine why that knee couldn't be removed and that man couldn't have been put in the car. And I could not imagine any, anything that that man could have done beforehand 
that would have changed what I saw on that videotape. Correct. And, 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 and you'd be correct. That's to me, sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 go ahead, sir. I just say that is the process that I want to go through is, is there any way that I can imagine have empathy for, for everyone involved in any way I can imagine it is justifiable. And when I see something like that, I have to say what I see. And I watched a black man be murdered. And from my life experiences, I know I wouldn't see that happen to a white person. And it gets to a point where I have to say that out loud or I can't live with myself. Mm -hmm. And I want to, yeah, I, I want to have empathy, but that's where all of this starts gets to, it gets starts to get, uh, to have much more complicated how you define a protester. How do you define a looter? In, in my strong opinion, um, there are people outside of Minneapolis who are not from the community who are contributing to, uh, some of the destruction that's happening. Um, it gets real complicated, uh, and gets to be this a big, big conversation, but that event and what it symbolizes to me is inarguable. And, and that's one of the things that I've learned from star Wars too, is you watch the Jedi, you watch the heroes try to have empathy, try to say, what's, what's your uh, experience? Is there a way we could handle this without violence? Please. Is there a way we can handle this without violence? Please. I would like to deescalate. And there comes a point where if the other side won't give in any way in that instance, then you have to take action, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I'll, I'll, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, um, no, no, you go, go, go. I, I want to hear your, I, I'm trying your to, I'm trying to, this is where I can, can kind of come in and, 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 and um, address from the other side. Um, uh, who who might have a but 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 of of I, I want people to look at their heart. This is and I had to do I had to do this Saturday, um, because I like I said it's very easy for me just even on a on a tertiary level because I have friends. I, had, I was telling you it, it, it's almost funny uh, um, if if it wasn't so serious. I, I scrolled through my Facebook page and I literally had friends on one side of the protest line taking pictures of the police. And I literally had friends in uniform taking pictures of the protest. The same one. Literally yeah. had it. This that's that's this this little silly little world I'm living in right now. But um, there is time for action, and there's time for this, and it's and it's ugly. And by the way, every every arrest I've been in, 90 percent of them are really ugly. Um, but what I saw, uh, what you saw, I, we come to the same agreement in the same place, Justin, because it was the lack of of humanity, empathy, and treating like a human. That isn't, and this is this is me. Okay, this is me. It. It doesn't come from some of the big um, uh, super catch phrasey type of words. It comes from some, some, to me, to me, comes from someplace worse, a real neutrality, uh, a real, real, just like I don't care. Either way, this person's underneath me. And I'm doing it. I have arrested at least twenty to thirty times in that position with a with a knee on the back. It's it's part of a normal detention, this and that. And I have, I have had some said, some stuff say to me, 
you know, I can't breathe or I can't move. And, and I'm being honest about that. Okay. I'm being honest. I've had that happen. I've had some bad, bad fights out there too. Um, I had to know when to get up, you know? Yeah. I had to know when to get up and, and no matter how you slice it. So there might be some butt, butt, butts out there in the audience or some, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's the end result. It's a, it's, it's a murder, a murder out of a lack of empathy and, 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 um, lack of humanity. It, and, 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 and how can I interact with this silly space fantasy that I love if I don't recognize that in the real world? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I, I'm li- I would be lying to myself at that point. Willfully. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. It does. It does. And, and, uh, yeah, I, and I, I think you and I are both being really clear that we're trying to talk from our own experience. And, and yeah, yeah. some of the, some of our experiences as white and middle-aged, uh, dudes who <laughs> love star Wars and, uh, both live with ladies. We, uh, some of our experiences are like, yep, heard it, got it. Um, yeah. but I think what we're, we're trying to do is speak yeah. authentically from our own life experiences, but I do want to recognize that, um, yeah. uh, so much of it obviously is the, black experience, the African-American experience. And I, I, I am speaking for my own life experience and I don't want in any way to, um, I try to listen first. Uh, this is our podcast, uh, and we're trying to speak from, from our perspectives, but I also want to recognize that, that, uh, other people are going to have much more informed perspectives than yeah. I ever can. Yeah, no, and and uh, I'll reiterate again. I, I'm I'm sharing something that I'm uh, just really, really honest details of of a, of a past job. Only, only for the sake of I think that even in, hopefully makes people understand the decisions I've come to even more. And yes, uh, I think that during this time, that 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 act of listening, and listening truthfully. Um, as hard as that will be and can be is, is the most important and most perfect. And for, and for what it's worth, I got to tell you, you know, we, we miss Jennifer Landis perspective right here. Uh, and yes. we always do. And it, it's just a, a reality, uh, of the situation. Um, particularly today, this was actually, a a swerve on us and a great sir swerve. And I'm glad we're having this four center discussion. Um, for those listening, we, we miss Jennifer dearly, but also her perspective is, so dramatically important, uh, uh, importantly different from Joseph and I's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you mind talking about this just a little bit more? No, let's go. I'm also checking my emergency alerts as the curfews are updated. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a hell of a thing too. And they can't decide uh, what time we are locked in from both uh, curfew and, and a virus. The old, the old double, the corfew, corn, corfew, corfantine. Um, yeah. A great Star Wars name. Um, yeah. I think for me, uh, it, it, also in the category of just speaking, speaking honestly, because we're, we're really breaking the seal in doing that. I think the power of Star Wars is uh, it, it can get into these real philosophical moments in these, these character moments, these choice by choice moments of, you know, does, does Anakin uh, help Mace arrest Palpatine somehow, or does he give in to his fear and, you know, stuff that can, that can be practical, but can also be sort of a mythological. But to me, there's this other side of star Wars, uh, that I think about a lot during this. And I, and I think it's, uh, what, what, uh, Kristen Baver was tweeting about as well is, uh, star Wars talks about the systems and about systemic problems. Um, and there's a part of me that like, I can, 
I want to, and I can empathize with people like yourself and, and officers who have been in, in these positions and I haven't been, and I need to listen and hear that. But then there's this larger systemic level, right? Where so many of, so many people can watch that video, all those videos and say, that's murder. Mm -hmm. And the fear born from past experience that there will not be justice for that. Mm -hmm. that rises to this sort of systemic level where I go, this is where I go to star Wars. Mm -hmm. We have examples, not just of, of Jedi to Jedi. Should I follow the dark side or the light side? We have scenes like, um, like that scene in rogue one where when things get bad at a systemic level, so hugely a part of the, to me, a part of the system's defense is, assuming that the people will not act. Mm -hmm. And that is what is so powerful to me about that scene in Rogue One where Jin and Cassian have, they've gone through their own moral journeys about what is right and wrong, when, when to take a life and when to get involved and all that. But they bring that all and say, here's the deal. We saw it for ourselves. Palpatine's government built a giant gun and they're going to hold it on everyone and all freedom, all individual freedom will be gone forever. And even people who have spent time and money amassing an army, amassing a fleet, want to say, they want to be the, the Senator Noah Jabels and say, a Death Star, this is nonsense. They just don't want to have to deal with it mm -hmm. because they want peace. They don't want violence. Yeah. But there gets to a point where the system's not going to change. The, the movie even starts with Mon Mothma saying, go get Galen and we'll bring him to the Senate. The one that Palpatine's going to wipe away with his hand as soon as his big gun is built. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Star Wars is also a story of, on one hand, it's a story of Luke Skywalker believing that there could still be good in his father and winning by throwing down his lightsaber. It's a triumph of pacifism that I love and we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. But then there is this other side of Star Wars. It's, uh, honestly, it's represented by the Rebellion, uh, by Jin, by Leia, who, who uh, get to a point where my only options are to simply accept uh, injustice and my freedom being taken away and other people's freedom being taken away or I can choose action. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that's, that's what's, that's what's echoing out from this murder in Minneapolis is people saying the system needs to change. We've, we've asked politely again and again and again, but there seems to be a system where some members of our community can be murdered and there's a high likelihood that there will be no justice for that. And you want us to just accept that. And we're getting to a point where we can't because we've tried everything else. So we're trying to be heard. And now I'm not, um, I don't, I don't need to get into the weeds necessarily of my own opinion about which, which protest is a riot, which is looting, which is this, right. which is that. Um, right. That that's where it gets complicated um, 
but to me, the big picture thing is we offer, we're asking, we're asking, can you come to the table? Can you, can, can you stop taking our freedom? Can you stop taking our lives? And when the answer is just a bunch of hot air and nothing changes, eventually the people being victimized don't have any other choice. Um, I don't, I don't mean this frivolously. Uh, it, it makes me immediately uh, turn to Solo and Infus Nest. That, yeah. to me is, that to me is what that character represents. It's why I, I just have, have, have loved the character. So it's, it would be weird for me to love a character that represents that and not acknowledge or realize that's what it represents. If that makes sense. Cool yeah. costume only goes so far. Um, and that's why I value that scene. Her unmasking is, is a very important moment in the story of star Wars. Cause it's the story of seeking justice um, when none was given to you. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, we, you and I have talked about it a lot about how solo is this great uh, thrill ride and it's a great, just, Hey, let's, if you like all Naren Reich is on, let's just watch him be charming for two hours. And it's a great space adventure, but yeah, I mean, listen to what Enfys Nest is saying. Um, we meet Enfys Nest stealing the coaxium, the MacGuffin that's moving everything because it's a, it is a means of, of money and therefore power. And the whole thing is, they're marauders, they're pirates. They don't care about anyone. They're just killers out to mm -hmm. steal the score. Uh, and that's, the, I mean, the power of that revelation is, no, we have no options because uh, this government that supports and, and allows uh, this violence has taken everything else and we, the, we, we got no other options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the power of the revelation to, I don't want to get too into the Star Wars weeds and move away from our discussion, but the power of the revelation f for me is she when she pulls off that mask, she is, an, is saying enough, saying, here's who I am, here's my goals, do you want to help me? Are you in this? And if you're not, you're not. And they're kind of in it, and then Han, and that's part of, that's part of Han's journey that we learn later on in the moment at the end of the film. But I, that's why that... As you're speaking, Joseph, that that that's what was on my mind and, and heart was the, the character of Infus Nest and the revelation that she is she is the new face of the rebellion. And the rebellion's not a military face, it is those affected directly saying enough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the people. Yeah. Um It's not a navy, it, sir. It's just people. <laughs> it's just people. Yeah. I mean it's not and and you know, maybe it could have been told more specifically or, or eloquently in the prequels, but I, you know, I think that's, sure. that's the great tragedy of the prequels too, of like the separatists are people who have issues. You know, we don't quite get all of them. We get that the government doesn't work. Uh, we see that new gunray blockaded Naboo and tortured and murdered people on Naboo. And then they couldn't convict him. It's, it's a funny CO Bibble, yeah, yeah. you know, not great exposition line, but the truth of it is he blockaded a planet and murdered people. And that's what the courts do in that system. So right. you can you can get to the point where, like, I see why some separatists might be upset. But then that becomes all about being manipulated by the Sith and, and the Jedi not being able to work their way through that maze of, you know, who who are we protecting? Who are we defending? Who Who is truly behind this? Are we fighting Sith or are we, you know, fighting people with legitimate grievances? And, and it, it gets messy and confusing. And I think that's 
one of the reasons that I do appreciate that storytelling, because if you want to dig into it, it has it has a great honesty about the complexity of people and the complexity of situations. Um, and the more I watch it, just it makes Padme the hero of the prequels where she is constantly trying to say kind of what you and I started talking about of just empathy. Can we, can we have any way that we can first just sit down and try to hear one another and, and see things from a different point of view? And, you know, that's, that's the picture of evil that Lucas portrays in Palpatine is somebody who just, who doesn't, it, it, it's not just a perspective. It's just mm. power and greed, you know, mm. and, and, mm. and, uh, that he, and, and using government and banks and everything, right. uh, and shipping to dominate and to control. Yeah. Mm. I will not condone a course of action. So it will lead us to war. Um, but she's uh, not afraid to uh, get to action. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, you want to go anywhere else with this right now, sir? No, I'm I mean, I think um, this is how folks, this is how un, un, we are. We are shooting from the hip like Han Solo in a cantina. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I get, maybe that's the, the other thing I'd say is just, um, again, I would, I would say that we are speaking from our perspectives, our opinions. Uh, uh, obviously everyone listening has their own life experiences and their own opinions and is always, it goes for everything from a real world life events to my opinion about whose lightsaber is the most awesome. I'm sharing my opinion with the understanding that it is not the only opinion or the only uh, perspective. And then I guess kind of a thing we don't talk about as much. I also believe in getting to that point where you, you have listened and you have heard the other side and you maybe even understand why the feel they feel the way they do, but you get to a point where there is something that you, you can agree with. And I guess for me, that's those moments that I see in star Wars. I feel like the real world is, is for me at those points where I, 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 I can't, I have empathy. I have caring. I want to understand why people feel the way they do, but there are certain lines where I feel like I am a bad human being if I don't have the courage of, of my convictions. As our t-shirt will eventually say, well said, sir. <laughs> and uh, just as a, as a final note for me, I want to address directly uh, through a general statement. Anyone listening to me who, who, um, has worn a badge, wearing a badge, is in a patrol car now, and and uh, you hear me and you want to talk. Because I, I, over the years, I've gotten that a lot. Hey, I heard you say something, and hey, I appreciate the support. Da, 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 da. And, and you're uh, maybe upset or struggling with anything I said. Or you want to uh, say, hey, yeah, I'm with you. And how do I take this into the briefing rooms? How do I take this into my A car with my partner? Uh, I uh, You can head to my website. Um, KenNapsack.com. There's a link to a direct email address to me. Uh, let, let's start a conversation. That's what I feel uh, it could could be beneficial um, on on my side of uh, some of the discussion points. All right, all right folks. Um, and if you just hate us, um, say la vie. <laughs> but I no, love you. I, I think that's I, I I understand that there are people who this is not what they tune into force center for. And I also respect that. And if you need yeah. to unsubscribe, if you need to unfollow, I feel like, you know, to quote Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi, you must do what you feel is right. Of course. Uh, and I, I do 
understand that. And I think that's a part of offering the hand of empathy is to just say, it's okay. If this isn't for you, we don't need to fight. We don't need to rage. Uh, if you need to walk away, I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Ditto, ditto signed off. And, uh, you know what? Even Poplu, the crazy drunk Ewok, had to make a choice, and he did. So uh, that's where we feel we are at, um, and some of the the, the, the the journeys to those those choices are, are different and varied, and, and well, they all are. Not some; they all are different and varied. And and um, uh, we here Four Center are, are glad you're on our journey. So um, that said, though, Joseph, we are we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna reset. We're gonna get to some news, and the reason we're gonna get to some news, it's very timely. And we want to um, help discuss this because we're really excited about um, some of the stuff forthcoming here in Star Wars. And we're not going to back off that. And a lot of you have great questions. So stick around. Force Center. We'll be right back. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Four Center friends. Make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. We're glad you're here. We're glad you came back after the break. We appreciate again you letting us um, have a honest, raw conversations as best we can from our uh, individual perspectives. Uh, and, and we love the Four Center community, Joseph. They're so good. They're the Four Center communities. Just, just the bee's knees. It is absolutely bee's knees that Boba Fett can shoot out of his uh, knee dart holes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a desperate attempt to reconnect <laughs> the phrase bees knees to star Wars there. Put the bees knees in the cargo hold. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are going to though, uh, continue on with the news. We got some news and uh, we'll, we'll explain a little bit more why we just felt it was important to just continue with the news other than, Hey, we also, we just love talking star Wars and that's part of the fun and uh, uh, little small joys are needed right now as well. Uh, so Joseph, let's dive right on, on in here. And uh, this headline is new VR adventure set on Batu. reading from starwars.com. ILM X lab has given us star Wars tales from galaxy's edge an action adventure experience set on Batu. It's coming quote later this year. So I'm just going to break this down, the story beat by beat here. What what is your initial reaction to see seeing that float around? 
Oh, I'm thrilled with that because uh, Batu is awesome. Blackspire uh, Outpost is awesome, and I'm really glad that there's going to be more ways to experience it than just reading the book or visiting the park or reading the comic book. I guess we do get to experience it a lot, but I'm glad there's this more interactive way to experience it. Yeah, same. Uh, this is uh, something we're going to talk about here in a bit about you know now that, we've, now that we've both been here, but like I am really intrigued by the potential of this world. Now I don't do a lot of the VR stuff not because I'm old and crusty. I just don't. I don't have an Oculus. <laughs> I didn't play the Vader game. I was offered to play it uh, many times at, a, at an old YouTube studio I used to work for, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't take it because I would have had to come in unpaid. And uh, what fun is that? Um, <laughs> so I uh, I didn't. But I I still want to find a way to play the the vader uh, one um so i'll try to find maybe i'll maybe now's the time to buy a, a system that'll allow for this um so i can play both um so that was also but that, but that that also though is interesting joseph uh, for me and i want to see if you're like this when i ask about the reaction of the story there was a part of me when i went oh new vr adventure i'm not gonna play that <laughs> and i don't know yeah, every time one of these comes out, uh, because I don't have this technology, uh, I try to be like, "Is okay, is this one where I need a helmet I don't have, or one where I need to drive to the Glendale Mall? Which one of these experiences <laughs> is it for me? Um, yeah, it, and I, I do, I want to I do the Oculus. Uh, uh, I want to do it all, but I want to do the Oculus uh, eventually. And, and maybe now would be a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's like it's a race. What will I get first, a VR gaming uh, setup or a TikTok account? I don't know. I'm trying <laughs> to avoid both. I guess I am old and grouchy. Uh, Vicky Dobbs Beck, she's an executive in charge of ILMX Lab. Let me say that again. I think she is the executive in charge. She's not one of many. She's the executive in charge of ILMX Lab. Calls this game not a form of storytelling, Joseph, but story living all right that is some great marketing you and i went to that denny's event we heard some great <laughs> denny's diner marketing terms you have a great stand-up bit about that is this more to you than just a fun marketing term well i think it is better than uh, denny's slogan uh, we love to feed which of course made them sound like vampires <laughs> so i think story living is good that's a great turn of phrase i think normally i'd be like yeah but having been to black spire you want to live there, right? They do such a great job of immersing you in that world, but you're still at, you know, uh, Disneyland or Disney World with real human beings and there's still limits. Kylo can come threaten you, but, you know, he, he can't and he shouldn't do any more than that uh, in real life. And, you know, as we've seen funny videos, five years olds can go like, <laughs> walk away, Kylo. And he goes, all right, you know, yeah. he has to. Um yes. So experiencing a world that you want to be not just storytelling, but story living, it's exciting to go like, all right, I get it. If you could truly be in that space and, and truly do things uh, that, that are fiction, that yeah. sounds really, really exciting. Yeah. And look, this is, you know, I love my, I love my Red Dead Redemption too. And that's because I feel as though I'm really in it. Hell, when I negotiate baseball player contracts on MLB The Show, it's story living. So to get it uh, fill, uh, fully and just engulfed in the world uh, and, and by the world, I'm ready for that there. So the game is set between episode eight and nine. Unsure how close to one or the other if you're into that kind of information. The game will include new and iconic characters, non-listed, and your choices will drive your experience forward. Look, Joseph, you and I grew up on Choose Your Own Adventure books. Um, I like that everything just kind of stays to that. 
Oh, yeah. God. I, I, I love uh, choices that drive your experience forward, which also sounds like marketing, but it is great marketing it, because, you know, it can be you. I love being able to play a game where you can go good or bad, you know, where you can do try to do things the right way and see if that rewards you or makes your life more difficult. And when you can just have the I'm going to indulge in the fantasy of just being a jerk and, and you know, proceed with uh, anger. And see how that works out for you too. It is a it's a great way to be able to experience it uh, a video game. So we now have both been to Batu, and we were going to do a behind the curtain uh, thing. We were going to do an episode now that I had finally gone, and we had some, some stuff prepared about uh, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we had both been to the Anaheim location, um, and then uh, the the real kind of widespread lockdown happened, and I had gone. Two days prior in a very pre-planned hotel ticket booked early birthday trip with some good friends of mine, actually my friend who is the, the police sergeant, uh, we had gone there and uh, they announced the that, that on Saturday, uh, two days from now, Disneyland will be closed. And we were on the train and we were like, maybe time to go. Um, <laughs> uh, I did get to experience it in full and Rise of the Resistance. But so Joseph, you and I were like, we'll shelve that one. So we're going to have a bigger conversation still when, when it's appropriate, but we both bend about two now. Uh, you've built the lightsaber, by the way. Yeah. Uh, with that knowledge, you touched upon a little bit earlier, uh, that the, the success of Galaxy's Edge is just built on the fact that you're in there and you're like, I am walking around a Star Wars city on a Star Wars planet. Now that you can experience it in this, this way, like wh what do you really want out of this? Or do you have any specific goals that you, not knowing the game, but you, just Scrimshaw, want to do in Batu? Uh, my total joke answer is that I want to be able to have more than two drinks at Oga's Cantina uh, because they hold you that, which I think is probably wise in the real world. Uh, but it's great to think that you could just hang out there in the video game drinking all day and not get kicked out and look at all uh, the cool, uh, you know, uh, tabs on the, on the kegs and all that. Um, but I think it, the experience of being at the park and then also reading the book Black Spire Outpost that is so about, uh, the town kind of being occupied by the first order and some citizens wanting to stay out of it. Uh, but then resistance fighters kind of lurking around that sounds so juicy to actually play and, and like at the park, they, they do a good job of it. You know, I got mm -hmm. pulled over by, um, stormtroopers. Uh, well, I got pulled over by, you know, uh, resistance, uh, sympathizers to say, to tell them to cover up my starboard shirt. Um, Kylo himself saw it once and wanted to talk to me. And I was just immediately like, I, I, I'm sympathized with the first order. I'm in disguise. Uh, so you get to play, a little bit, but it's that it's that real like, yeah, it's a park. We can only take it so far. The idea of actually being like, no, uh, actually, I work at the shop that sells the the hand carved toys, mm. but I'm a rebel sympathizer and I'm sneaking around trying to do things. And you mm. can actually get in a firefight with the stormtroopers. Ah, that sounds so exciting. Yeah, uh, the the immersion is uh, the the immersion uh, 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 at. at Galaxy's Edge is is so impressive, but there are there are those limitations. I, I was walking into the cantina, and I was so happy that every time I'd interact with like a, a staff member, I'd be like, "Bright suns, huh, huh?" And <laughs> like I had to look at this one. I was like, "Bright suns." She was like, "Bright suns." I was like, "Is there a bathroom in there?" No. Okay. <laughs> There's some limitations to it, but uh, the VR experience, yeah, that's I I I, I really want to uh, take my time. I don't again not knowing the game. Uh, I just want to. I want to go back to Galaxy's Edge Anaheim, 
I just want to go and, and just not have um, any like, oh, I need to ride this ride or everything. I just want to sit around and just play act with the cast members until they ask me, sir, can you leave Like, <laughs> or apply for a job? So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in the VR experience. And just to add characters and missions, uh, it's even better. That's right. Story living, story sitting, story sipping. Yeah, that's it. So we we have some thoughts on story living in the Star Wars world. We'll see how it plays out there. But uh, I want to get to our other uh, news story here, Joseph. It actually is going to um, go off into uh, a couple different ways here. But uh, this is, so uh, we are recording this, well, we record on Monday, release on Tuesday, June 2nd. Wednesday, June 3rd, Jedi Temple Challenge is here. We finally got the announcements and the trailers. And this, of course, is the 10-episode series uh, uh, hosted by Ahmed Best as Jedi Master Kelleran Beck and Mary Holland. Uh, you know her maybe from Veep and other places. She voices the Droid 83. More on them in a second. Um, this is uh, the game show. And this is airing on two episodes on June 3rd, so tomorrow. It is on Star Wars Kids, both the YouTube site and the webpage, uh, the StarWarsKids.com. And yes, it was originally slated for Disney+. And I understand that's a talking point. I don't know if it's it means what some people might want it to mean or what you might think. But hey, Joseph, you and I, uh, particularly you with your work on Tigtone in the last couple of years, working with shows and where they end up going or when the episodes air, and what they do with the episodes. Uh, let's talk about just that. Uh, first, the change from Disney Plus to YouTube. Yeah, I wonder if it is. I mean, I think what they're saying in the press release is mostly just that we want this to be as accessible as possible to everyone everywhere. And I feel like there's a, a decent amount of honesty in that uh, because we've seen uh, across the years of doing this podcast, lots of different efforts to say, how can we grab younger kids and, and spark their imagination? You know, we, we had... Uh, the Galaxy of Adventures that's uh, still rolling. We had Forces of Destiny. And I wonder if they just looked at this and went, yeah, we don't want to put this behind any kind of paywall because it's really a chance for kids to really directly watch other kids live out the fantasy of being a Jedi and the the sort of uh, morality tale uh, for, of what it looks like of being a Jedi and, and a thought of just like, we don't need that. We don't desperately need that for Disney Plus. It's maybe not going to move subscriptions. So why not leave it out in, in the world where kids can uh, see see themselves become Jedi? Yeah. Um, and I am doing some uh, I'm looking into I'm, I'm subscribed to Star Wars Kids, by the way. And uh, I recommend that any of you out there do it. Just show them that kind of support. All right. If you're a Star Wars fan. No, no, I'm not shilling for their YouTube page. I'm just saying <laughs> Star Wars help pass it on to the next generation. Um, and look at some of their numbers. Two hundred one thousand subscribers, which is which is good. Um, they're getting some good views. And, and not to break it down just to views. Views don't necessarily mean everything. But some of their regular shows, their bucket lists, their let's make Star Wars, let's draw Star Wars, which, man, how cool is that? Uh, those type of shows aren't getting great numbers uh, compared to their subscribers. They're OK. But I'm sure if you are looking around and how do you pump life into this channel? Uh, you've got a show that people, including adults like you and I, Joseph, are looking forward to. Let's get it over here. Let's get some attention. Let's use this right now because Disney Plus, generally, all things considered, is doing well. And I've heard people say, well, they might need some content. I disagree. They've got A Dog's Life with Bill Farmer up now. If you want to, you know, they've got stuff. 
You Jeff Goldblum still tasting ice cream. They are going to get stuff. So I think it was a, this. This potentially be a, a positive. Uh, I guess it's a lesson here. Don't look at it as a negative. It's a positive that they're trying to pump life, uh, which into into a YouTube page that already has a good amount of life. But to say, hey, let's let's bump up everything and, and get a focus on what's going on here. Um, so, anyways, that's just my thoughts. Um, uh, I, I've done some producing at big uh, YouTube companies, so I can see some thought of that. But I'm not I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or imagination. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there is the, yeah, sure. Hey, let's, let's offer even more when people are going to be possibly inside a little bit longer. And also I think just the business reality of, well, a lot of younger people, uh, that's where they are. They're on YouTube. Um, so, so let's get them on YouTube and then eventually they will pay for uh Disney plus, uh, when they're 17 <laughs> for Mandalorian season 18. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe we should have a Disney kids TikTok. I don't know. I don't understand TikTok. I, I want Jennifer to explain, explain it to me because she's just the best at it. All right. Um, let's get on to this. So like I said, Ahmed Best hosts the show with Jedi Master Keller and Beck. Mary Holland voices the droid 83. Uh, I, I do believe, I think Sam Whitmer's come along for some sort of evil character. Sam gets his day in the sun. Sam can go be mall and be happy about it. All right. Let's focus. I want to focus. Uh, well, I definitely want uh, Mary Holland to ever do here too, but I, I really do want to focus Joseph on, on Ahmed best here. Um, un, unapologetically, I am so just uh, in awe of Ahmed best as a person. I don't know him, never met him. Um, I've tried to get our friend Jamie Stangroom to introduce us. I'm kidding, Jamie. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I just think he, I, I just think his journey uh, is is tragic. It's bittersweet, and there's now this beautiful light at the end of the tunnel, and that's it's perfect because it has to do with children. We're the ones who kept up the character for so long. So he, you know, we knew he was doing it, and we knew he was doing an original character. And then to see his Instagram post, Joseph, and I, I, I should I just read it? Let me just read it. Yeah, please do. All right. So if you're not following Best Ahmed, give him a follow. He has a picture of himself in Jedi robes, holding a, a very uh, one-legged, uh, well-balanced, peaceful pose that's also full of action. And he says this, balance is one of the challenges in Jedi Temple Challenge and something I truly believe in. The inspiration behind the lightsaber has to do with the balance of peace and justice. I choose purple because of the balance between the red and blue kyber crystal. Ooh, juicy. The leather on the hilt is large enough for one hand. I took inspiration from a Filipino martial art that I studied called Escrima. I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly. And uh, Musash Imiato. I think I see other words there. Again, apologize if I'm saying it incorrectly. Uh, which are one-handed styles of fighting. Kellerin Beck is nicknamed the bladed hand for his effectiveness with the one-handed lightsaber style and that allows for the empty hand which wields the force simultaneously like another lightsaber hashtag star wars hashtag jedi hashtag jar jar binks hashtag sith so yeah that's a lot <laughs> first of all his his just uh and uh our friend of the show alden uh, diaz actually commented and and uh said something about it uh, i think on twitter or something and and uh, ahmed actually wrote back to him very just humble humbly full of gratitude for um people wanting him in this role anyways that's a lot joseph i think i i especially want to hear your take you are tuned in to the jedi in a lot of ways that i've got <laughs> and i i want to hear your take on this Oh, man. I mean, my take was uh, just incredible levels of excitement that I needed to calm down because uh, I, when I read all that, I was like, 
well, where is the the Calloran Beck Disney Plus show? Like, great, great. I understand there'll be a a show that he's on where where children compete, but <laughs> where's his show? Uh, I got uh, this was so interesting, so thoughtful, so juicy uh, that I just was immediately like, yeah, no, can we just have his solo uh, Jedi show? Uh, it, and I'll be fascinated to see how much of this is Ahmed Best really a- approaching. Uh, filling out his character and if little bits of this will emerge in in the character's wisdom i know it is a game show i've seen yeah. the you know the ads uh, you know uh, it, it it has it, it looks like it is going to be true to the philosophy of jedi but i also wouldn't be surprised to see somebody get slimed right yes yes <laughs> like it, it is a kid's competition um so i i think there is you you were describing the story of ahmed best the journey of ahmed best and there's so much of that in this of not only did he do a good job as Jar Jar Binks, regardless of what anybody thinks of the choices about the character, he did a good job, uh, partially because he already had an amazing career <laughs> in the uh, the touring uh, uh, dance musical yeah. Stomp, which is when you look at that and like, oh, yeah, hey, look at the picture he did with the Instagram in that pose. Like, oh, hey, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, he's an amazingly fit person because he already had this amazing career and triumph of you know physicality in being a part of stomp then jar jar uh then he's got this very well documented journey with how do i process uh the pain of people's expressing the reaction to jar jar in a cruel way uh and then we, we've all you know the applause for him at celebration the uh just the act of casting him in this show in in you know outside of his um cameo in attack of the clones is ahmed beck uh let's let's really show his face let's really celebrate him and then you get to that even deeper level of well he's clearly a star wars fan not an actor who's like i understand i've read i get the star wars he is a star wars fan to see him get to live out the star wars fan dream of being a Jedi and getting to make up your own Jedi. And then it's philosophically fascinating. It's not just like my Jedi was the best of his era and kicked everybody's ass. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not just like, uh, yeah, my name is best Jedi ever. It's thoughtful <laughs> is just, uh, such a, so many triumphs. Um, mm. yeah. And that, that's just the journey. I, I have other thoughts on the actual, what he's talking about philosophically. Uh, yeah. but that, that was my initial reaction of just, uh, what a triumph yeah no man i'm sorry like i just unabashedly am rooting for uh this this guy and um a lot of too, he talked the star wars show you could go catch a clip of it from a couple weeks ago or last week's episode um where they interview him and he, and he talks about he got the he, they gave him a lot of room to create the character keller and beck is definitely related to that character attack the clones he nice. won't say why or how but it's there and he chose that name and um, there's so much there, a passion there, but yeah, Joseph, I want to hear, what do you think about this purple, the balance between red and blue and, and he's teaching, remember, this is a character that's teaching future Jedi. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. I mean, the whole one bladed stance is really cool because it is in touch with the physicality of that. So I like that, that idea that a, the way a Jedi would choose to wield the lightsaber, because we've seen lots of different ways to, to wield lightsabers would be reflective of uh philosophy so to have a one-handed stance that values the lightsaber as much as the force is 
fascinating. And part of the reason that makes me just, I want to see that on screen. Cause what would that fighting technique look like? Um, but the, the blue and the red and this talk of balance, uh, what I'm really liking it is there's, there's nothing in there about a uh, gray Jedi. There's nothing in there about, I am peaceful for most of the time, but then sometimes I like to give in to rage and, and kill people. You know, right. I think there's something to me about the way he wrote that, that spoke to the idea of in order to be the Jedi that Keller and Beck wants to be, he wants to understand the dark side, but understanding it is different than giving into it and letting it dictate your actions. And that, mm-hmm. that's just me filling in uh, what I got from it. But that's what I got from it, and that's what made me excited. And and I think it does have some some ties to uh, Mace Windu in canon, and him having a purple saber, and him knowing Vapod of the, the the most aggressive form of of fighting of that idea that yeah, it, it, you can know the dark side, you can understand the dark side, but you don't have to use the dark side. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Um, also, there's a new character uh, that's going to come out in this show called Trevorrowus Colen, and he is the needed rage. Uh, <laughs> the new Jedi look for him. Um, yeah, I. I it, it's so interesting to hear what you say. Yeah, to tie it to Mace and and being familiar, and knowing but not touching the dark side or whatever, however you want to look at it. But but in have to th- have this character be a teacher. And yes, we are analyzing a game show, my friend. Yes, <laughs> I'm excited about it. And by the way, we'll talk about that clip in a second. We'll have some thoughts on that. But um, yeah, it, it, to have this character, this type of character be a teacher and have it play with competition and growth, failure. And even Ahmed said in the clip on the Star Wars show, it's not like, hey, when you lose, you're you're out, get out of the studio. There's some lessons to there. There's some starting overs. There's a lot of things, and just to bring a, a character who, who understands a, a, a certain view of balance, uh, particularly, again, between the peace and the justice. Hey, sounds like we were talking about some of that stuff earlier. Um, that that's, that's powerful, important, and just downright bleeping cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I feel like it's almost, it, it, it will, I would love to see it uh, reflected in the show. But there's also even if it isn't the fact that he got to think about this so much and, and design his lightsaber um, and just explore that for himself. And it informs his performance, even if it's just that it's still cool as hell. Glad you said that. Glad you said that. Uh, We're gonna have some questions about that. Maybe where we'd want to see that character going forward, but uh, you know, we haven't seen much of Mary Holland. She plays the droid. That is, um, um, there to actually help uh, they do they're both on the show with anthony Car- carboni and they talk about the balance and their the kind of their friendship the droids perspective and uh, ahmed best is you know this 83 droid is kind of there to kind of tell uh jedi master beck uh, what how it really is or you know give <laughs> truths they play off with each other really well um we'll see how that plays out but look this clip too by the way this is you know it's a silly little game show but i loved it because I, the whole team, Scott Bromley, he's part of the Star Wars show producing team. I, I have certainly, as someone I've met and, and, and spoken with over the years, um, whether it's drunk at a premiere or at Star Wars Celebration, you and I, Joseph, he was over there kind of chit-chatting with a bunch of us over there. Yeah. He's a good guy, but he's of that generation. Probably, I think, definitely younger than you and I, but of that generation, we are of it too, that grew up watching Double Dare, Finders Keepers, Slimed, Hands in Jello and Mud. And this clip, 
I'm just like, man, could you, if I was 12 and this popped up on a commercial, I'd be like, mom, drive me to television city. I need to audition. Yes, my, oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to be on, you know, shows where you just, you you threw a, a ball into a bucket and a clown might give you something. Uh, this, this, to get the the full, I, I like what I'm seeing in there about you, you're getting to be, um, you're getting physical challenges, you're getting uh, sort of emotional, philosophical challenges, you're, you're getting that I think what George wanted Star Wars to be, what George Lucas wanted Star Wars to be, which is how how to be the best version of yourself you can be. And just, you know, all, all wrapped up in the Jedi trappings. Oh man, I'm excited. I can't believe it's tomorrow. I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching and supporting there. All right. So while we're kind of unaware of Beck's place in Canon, including some timeline stuff, uh, I didn't look to see if there was any of those answers. What stories would you love to see him at, at the forefront? You, we talk about Disney Plus, but uh, knowing what we know of what character is, at least Ahmed, do you have any ideas where you'd like to see him pop up? Yeah, you know, uh, I would love for Disney Plus to get to that point of success where they could do like one-offs, you know, like mm-hmm. g- give me basically like a short film. Give me a 45-minute adventure of of this uh, wonderful Jedi of Keller and Beck uh, using a lightsaber in one hand and a force in the other and, you know, teaching a Padawan something. That'd be awesome. Mm, yeah. Uh, cosign. Cosign. Uh, I want more. I mean, I want, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I Folks, I, I just can't hide my joy for this, and I, I won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Um, so that is a look at news. Any other final thoughts on those two new, new news items, Joseph? Uh, no. Strangely, I'm out of thoughts for once. We've spoken a lot here today, but we're not done yet. We got audience questions. So here we go. I'll take Twitter and Joseph's going to read us the Patreon ones here uh, to Twitter. We go and Jedi Knight Jake, the recently announced release of the Snyder Cut Uh-oh, for Justice League. Got me wondering, <laughs> do you think this opens up the stage for a possible The Rise of Skywalker extended cut being released that includes more from the extended edition novels? What would also be something you'd like to see whilst I'm Perfect, uh, perfectly happy with how the story has been laid out. Part of me thinks it could be beneficial for a section of the fan base that didn't read the novels. That being said, it would feel very, very weird for it to happen in Star Wars. I don't know where I fall on this. So, uh, Jake, I, I love that, by the way. I love that you answer with, I don't know where I fall on this. I think it's sometimes <laughs> important to uh, not have all the answers preset in your mind. So here we go. Because um, I, I think I know where I stand on this, but then, uh, Joseph, maybe I don't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Snyder Cut, you could feel the ripples through through the fan community of what does it mean? Are we living in a brave new world now where we can get multiple versions of things? Uh, and that that gets into all sorts of conversations about, you know, when somebody comes up with an idea, you know, does it belong to the artist? Does it belong to the audience? Should it be left the way it is? Kind of goes back to lots of prequel debates. I think for this specifically... I don't need for myself a Rise of Skywalker extended cut. Uh, what I want is the scenes that they have that we know they filmed, like the I have Webbish Bog. I need those deleted scenes. I want those deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I, I don't know outside of a couple of, of those scenes if you could have an experience that is as expanded as the novel. I don't know if the footage is there. Right. 
Right now, but see that. And so that's where, so I start to go. And again, this isn't against Jake or anything of like, nope, 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 nope. I don't like a lot of the, the way the Snyder cut came around, but I'll be honest. I don't, I, I don't watch those DC movies much. I love wonder woman. And I think, I don't know if I've seen the other ones uh, to be honest. Um, so wasn't following it closely. Um, so I know it, it's a little different in the sense of, first of all, Zack Snyder, if I do remember, had to leave the project for personal reasons, right? That's mm-hmm. stated some serious stuff. If there's anything beyond that, I don't know. Don't care. That's what they stated. I'll believe it. Whedon comes in, fixes it. All right. The movie's not as good. So that would lead to, Hey, there's footage out there, but then, and I, again, I haven't read every, I haven't clicked every article. I apologize. This isn't so much that they're like finally wheeling out the cut that was there. They're basically saying, Zach, here's some money. Take what you might have had and, and make some new stuff and go ahead and finish your movie. Because, by the way, sign up for HBO Max. So and, and there and there's some cynicism in my, in my voice and I, I, I can't remove it. Um, this was this would more apply to Solo with the Lord Miller situation. Uh, if there wasn't some sort of, you know, legal agreements where they can't talk about things there, uh, that might be more akin to the Snyder cut for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even the, the, uh, the Edwards cut since we, of uh, yeah. Rogue One, since we, we know, cause we saw the trailers with, you know, obviously they shot a decent amount of a version of that story where somehow Jin got out of Citadel Tower and was running on the beach with the Death Star plans. Right. Cause we've. Yeah all seen that footage we've heard descriptions of what may or may not have happened we don't know how much of that is there um yeah that one to me is is the interesting of how how do you do that as a uh, as as you know these large companies are ultimately their companies but they're storytellers you know mm-hmm. obviously as fans it's an interesting compare contrast but yeah. you know i i don't know i i think this snyder cut thing is kind of unique uh in lots of ways um but i'm not sure if i i want to go down that sort of um you were talking about choose your own adventure uh yeah i i don't want eight eight versions (laughs) of every large film you know that has some behind the scenes problems like i personally kind of like like that's what you did hey give give me a, a documentary on yeah or on what might have been uh give me give me those the scenes that you have and i can kind of piece it together for myself i I don't personally want to have is a star wars fan you know so many different versions or cuts and we already kind of have to deal with the special edition stuff and and the special dvd or the special blu-rays or the special mcclunkies like it's (laughs) it's already present uh and so i'll take it as it is and i i generally generally support george and his decisions to go back and tinkle tinker tinkle uh, and and tinker (laughs) some people feel it's a tinkle some people feel it's a tinkle Uh, maybe i do more than i know um I'm okay with that and again the center cut i feel is different i don't want to go down that path too much because i just don't know i didn't pay attention to it don't come at me, bro. Don't come at me, bro. But Jake, I really appreciate your, your question because it was a definitely a conversation piece that I was having with some friends too offline about what could this mean for Star Wars or what could fans feel this might mean for Star Wars. So it's a great question. We appreciate you asking. Uh, the Wookiee, I don't know which one. Tarful maybe, but the Wookiee says, I don't know why, but I'm always wondering about drunks in the galaxy. Hot <laughs> damn me too, Wookiee. With all the cantinas, why is Mark's, Mark Hamill's Dabuske the only character I can think of as visibly drunk on screen? Is the alcohol spice tolerance that high in the galaxy? 
look, I got to tell you, I think, I think Will Hare takes a nip every now and then. So I think you're seeing him a little toasty, but um, this is a great question. I love Dabu I love Mark uh, bringing life to that character. What do you think about drunks? Cause I also, I always try, I even joked on this episode. I, I've, whatever reason have decided to make pop Lou a drunk. Um, and I say that by the way, you know, if, if you alcoholism is a real issue, I'm not making light of that, but I just, I just feel that pop Lou likes to take an extra sip from the uh, skull cup. And I, it's been fun to me. It's been funny. So I, I really appreciate the spirit of this question. Uh, yeah. Joe, what do you think about drinkers in the galaxy? Oh yeah. I mean, this is not a strange question to ask as, as the Wookiee notes, we've been to many a cantina and bar and, you know, uh, it seems maybe a little more upscale at the uh, Outlander Club, but I think some some spirits have been flowing there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that uh, like that one woman who who really kind of gives a look like she's checking out one of our Jedi friends. Oh uh, yeah, there's that. Um, for actual drunks, I think I think Ponda Baba d- doesn't even know who he's talking to when he turns to Luke. Uh, you know, that might be, you know, he thinks that somebody else who owes him money, uh, he just, he sees just a general pasty blur and he's like, I hate pasty blurs. Yeah. I think he is. <laughs> I think Ponda Baba's gone. Chalman's Cantina reminds me of a barker, biker bar in Corona, California. I did stand up comedy in, and with uh, me and my uh, headlining uh, uh, Fred and Lou were almost uh, got our asses kicked by the bikers when we walked in until the club owner came around and said, don't it's the comics. Um, 100% true story too. So, uh, yeah, I, Ponda Baba reminds me of some of those, uh, I had one guy, he actually charged the stage mid set and very friendly, but very inebriated, tried to do stand up alongside with me. Uh, <laughs> so he is the Ponda Baba of the comedy crowd world. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Ponda Baba's drinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I just watched Return of the Jedi last night as we were recording, and I think there's definitely some moments with uh, Jabba's hench people that you, you could you could interpret them being uh, in their cups. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite shots is they're, they're when they're they're all in on the Rancor, uh, you know, killing Luke, and then suddenly the tables turn and kind of is almost like a record scratch reaction from a yes. bunch of them. We're like, whoop. <laughs> Uh, I think not, there might be some alcohol involved right there. Uh, well, let's not forget R2 is serving it up on the barge. So yeah, they're, they're drinking. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Wookie. That's a great question. So from there, uh, we are going to go to Patreon. Joseph, what do we got there? On Patreon, we got some great thoughts. The first one comes from Patrick Quinn. Patrick says, what is the one Star Wars quote you find yourself coming back to for guidance in inspiration off the top of my head from a certain point of view allows me to release my tight grip on my need to have things go a certain way. And hello there is just a great way to greet someone and indicate your good intentions. <laughs> hard to uh, hard to disagree with those. Those are great, Patrick. Uh, Ken, what are some go to quotes for you, either for a deep life lessons or for just getting you through the day? Uh, you know, I, I, I go to the focus determines your reality a lot. And, and I thank you for kind of, uh, putting the focus on that. Um, there's a lot of the Qui-Gon stuff, Yoda stuff is good too. Uh, uh, lately I tell you, this is why I just reacted so strongly to last Jedi. Just, you know, um, and I, I misquote things all the time. If anyone watches me in trivia contests, you know, that's why I lose things a lot. Uh, but Yoda saying, you know, the greatest teacher failure is like, especially the older you get and you look back and you forget your successes, but you focus on your failures more. And that's a bad thing. I would not suggest doing that, but when you do like, don't forget that that's how you learned. 
And uh, I'll take that one um, all day and any day. It was really powerful to me. Um, and then, um, I don't know, I, I say, I think, um, you know, giving praise to people is important, which is why I say the famous Ewok quote, that guy's wise all the time. <laughs> That's a very good one. That's a very good one. Uh, you know, normally I, I would go with a bunch of Yoda quotes from Empire Strikes Back because I have been thinking about them, but because I've been thinking about them, I've been talking about them a lot on uh, Force Center. So I'll say a couple other ones. Um, a, a just line delivery. It's not necessarily the huge wisdom of the line, but it's the line delivery of Return of the Jedi when Luke goes back to see Yoda and Yoda is, says, you know, you know, it's, you know, unfortunate that you went off to face Vader before you were fully trained and, you know, not ready for the burden were you. And Mark Hamill just puts this huge but perfect amount of emotional weight be- behind, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the times in my life where I've really been like, oh, man, I didn't listen. I messed up. Uh, I, I really got to own this. That always echoes in my head <laughs> of that. That it, it's an I'm sorry. That is not just like, ah, all right, you got me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It is. He truly understands how and why he effed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And then uh, to, to go to the other side of Luke's journey, uh, the, just the phrase um, that Ray sensed peace and purpose. I, I think not only is there some great alliteration there, but man, that's the, for me, that's the goal. I, anytime that I can feel confident that what I'm doing is coming from a place of peace and purpose, uh, that that seems like a just a great goal to attain. And I just love the look on Luke's face mm. that it, it reads peace and purpose in that moment. Mm. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, thank you, Patrick. That's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. And moving on. Uh, also throw the Wilhelm scream. How about that? That's another great quote to throw into your day-to-day life. Um, we're going to move on to our final question. It is from Will Culbertson. Will says, like a lot of older fans, I find myself appreciate, appreciating the practical work for the creature designs in the OT and Disney era more than the digital work in the prequels. That being said, I think the concepts of the prequel creatures are fantastic, but are simply bogged down by the technology limits of the time. If there was a character or species from the prequels or even Clone Wars Rebels Resistance that you would love to see make a live action appearance using practical effects, what would it be and why? Mine would be Sabalba, or really any dog, as I think the challenge of having a creature that walks with its hands and grabs things with its feet would be amazing to see brought to life practically. Yeah, would we love to see Sabalba walking around on his hands in real life? Yeah. That's really cool. That's almost seems to be virtually impossible, but that's part of the the point of making Star Wars. What can you make possible out of out of things that seem impossible? So, I can get. Yeah. The, yeah. So what what do you what do you got out of uh, species, beasts, uh, characters that were CGI in the prequels that you'd maybe like to see in full physical form? Yeah, it, it, Will says, or even Clone Wars Rebels of Resistance, and I'm now doing this full-on run-through of a lot <laughs> of characters. Um, go, But I'll focus here right now on the prequels. I, I would love to see, and, and maybe it's because we were talking about Attack the Clones last week, but like uh, Lama, Lama Su and Tan Wei, if you were to go back to Kamino on, on any uh, Star Wars story, I, I don't know which one right now. I don't know, you know, Mando Season 9 or whatever. If you go back and you see the... Uh, 
Camonians, sorry, sometimes I stumble on that one, to see them practical with like the the technology that fuels uh, Baby Yoda Ooh. on a taller level. I know, you know, again, no one's not going to be in there. Maybe they're not jumping and skipping around, but if you find a way to make that work uh, and have their face and their action, I don't know, I'm intrigued by that because I think there's such a beauty and elegance to those characters and design, especially when put up against what they're doing and the, the cloning isn't necessarily bad by itself but they are building this army and they're just so cool and silky smooth calculated about it because it's their job you know oh, this army is really good like, yeah i'm doing a bad voice but like you know like i i just would love to see more of them and it would be it would really pop if they were more realistic yeah, yeah, and they have moments in in the CGI where I think there's yeah. just like amazing CGI acting, like uh, yes. when when Lama Su just gonna picks uh, the clothing there for a moment and just kind of like has that like it's got this air of like everything has to be perfect, and I noticed a little dust mote <laughs> yeah, on my and, outfit, you know, and and yeah. to see that kind of stuff, that kind of character work realized practically. And and part of my choosing them is is I do think they're actually done pretty well in Attack of the Clones. Considering Will's right, there's some some limits of the of the time and, and the era and, and how far technology was at that point. There's but that's almost why I want to see it more. Like it's so good, so let me see it perfected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got two, and and I know I think Will was asking more about about creatures, but I don't like for me like the Ackley and the, the Reek and the Nexus. It's, it's they're they're all pretty solid. Um, I would love to see Dexter Jetster. Um, it's a character that, you know, gets made fun of, gets criticized a little bit, but uh, you and I both like him. We both like the relationship he has with Obi-Wan. Uh, we've joked about it, but I'd be thrilled to see a giant practical Dexter Jetster with real mustache. Speak of the Snyder cut in Star Wars. There it is. Want the real physical mustache that had to be <laughs> digitally removed from Henry Cavill. I want it. I want that on an actual large uh, puppet giving a real physical hug to Ewan McGregor. Look, I'm, here we go. Kenobi series episode three. He's in Shaman's Cantina. Here's a shuffling. He turns around. Obi, call me Ben. <laughs> Sounds like you're under an assumed identity. Yeah, I'm all for it. Solid. Uh, and then I would say the clone armor. That that's like a real one that I think could happen uh, in Mandalorian, yeah. right? Because they're they're all digital in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I know people in real life have made real uh, clone armor, but man, when, how cool would that be? Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's even Rex, maybe not. Um, yeah. Or somebody else who just has some actual clone armor in in Star Wars, physically real. It it works pretty well for me in in the prequels uh, and obviously in uh, the Clone Wars animated series. But to see it in real life would be a treat. That's a great point, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't even I would forget to include that. But yeah, we have yet to see that. Um, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, there's a lot of choice. Clone Wars Rebels. I'm literally running through a ton of characters. Uh, some just humanoid. Uh, give me a Callus. Give me a give me a Hera in live. A lot of choices. A lot of choices. But yeah, yeah. Give me some Kiridax. <laughs> yeah. Um, give me a Puffer Pig. Kidding, but not kidding. <laughs> I just rewatched that episode yesterday or two days ago. I just rewatched it. I don't necessarily change my opinion on it, but definitely I loved that episode more than I did before. It's been a lot of fun. 
you, you, has your heart accepted puffer pigs? Or was I, that, uh, I think if the they didn't have the sound of a red rubber ball hitting a handball court wall, I think I might be okay with them more. It's just that one little go boom, go boom. I'm like, oh, they'd make the sound of a red rubber ball. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, I got to rewatch it and see if uh, any dodgeball trauma comes back to me <laughs> from listening to Puffer Pigs. There you go. Well, Patrick, the Wookiee and Jedi Knight Jake, we really appreciate your questions. A lot of great food for thought, and, and uh, we could discuss them more and more, but we, we appreciate that. If you have a question for us, uh, certainly any thoughts on today's episode, including some of the more uh, honest, raw conversation points uh, we had early on, feel free to reach out at Four Center Pod. Uh, use the hashtag Four Center, like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram and YouTube. There is uh, a new in memoriam up for Greedo. Uh, we didn't uh, really promote it this week. We'll we'll do that later at a more appropriate time, but it is up there for your enjoyment, should you choose. Uh, and a Spotlight Star Wars episode uh, we'll be talking about more that was up on Sunday with uh, my friend ba- uh, Zach Bassinger, who... Um, is battling uh, cancer and how he draws inspiration from Star Wars and the hope of Star Wars. And uh, we had some great conversations there. So check that out. Uh, we'll put that out a little bit later in the week. Again, when it's more appropriate on social media. Podcasts available a lot of places, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more merch on tpublic.com slash user slash force center. We don't have a well-said shirt yet. I don't know if we ever will. It's so inside baseball, but who knows? We might. Uh, Patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us. Uh, your support helped us get new music on Star Wars Ranked from the great Tony Thaxton, who does the music here on this show. He does all of our cool songs. There's only a couple left that are... Uh, uh, royalty-free uh, choices from a website. So uh, Tony's work is uh, all over our imaging, and we love it. And you all make that possible, Patreon. We got our own stuff, Joseph. So far away on what you are working on, where they can find you. Yeah, you can. Uh, if you want a little bit of a escape, you can find some comedy albums and uh, my podcast, Obsessed, uh, which I'm still trying to roll forward on. Just did an episode about uh, Star Wars trivia and my journey with that. That's all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And then you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. And uh, just wanted to reiterate one more time how much we do appreciate the four center community i have learned a lot by hearing different people's uh, perspectives and opinions and i've learned uh, a lot just by hearing how much people have taken messages of hope and continuing to fight for the light from star wars and it makes me really happy to be a fan of star wars it makes me happy to be a part of uh, this community and it just uh, makes me happy to think that there are so many people out there uh, truly fighting for the light. So thank you all for being a part of the community and creating it uh, with Ken and Jennifer and myself. As Qui-Gon Jinn would say, right? I turn to the light because it's there. And we think so many of you, all of you here actually, um, turn to the light and we appreciate uh, any comments, feedbacks, discussions point. My, my offer still stands. If uh, you want to talk more uh, directly with me and some of my um, perspectives from experiences and how I'm approaching some of the situation, I, I want you to reach out, go to com. There's a link to an email address. Uh, you can reach out to me or, um, 
Uh, I, I do that. I don't, I, uh, uh, Twitter can sometimes be performance art and I don't want, uh, those convert. Let, let's have real conversations, not tags. Um, so, uh, that's that there. So, um, that is it. We appreciate you all tough episode at times, but a needed episode. And also come on, man, watch Jedi temple challenge tomorrow. Do it for Jar Jar. We'll see you next week. This was force center.